Hey, Nick. Hey, what's up? Oh, that, that was a drill. They're drilling outside of my place again. Constant drills. Welcome back to the Dinko Jones podcast. Yeah. E- episode... 95. Episode 95. We are reaching the 100th episode of this podcast very quickly. I was late coming here. As we've usual. Got, we've gone over it several times. Let's just say won't happen again. Probably might happen again. Yeah, your text was, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. My reply was, yeah, I know. Right. You should always be like, meet me at 12.50. That's what I should do. But always. But you never I do. know. Anyway, we have a good guest today. Robin Duke. Is, Robin Duke. Robin. Uh, comedic legend. She is. Saturday Night Live. SCTV. There you go. With, with um, you know, having Robin Duke, she fulfills this wish that I had for the podcast, which is including getting a member of Kids in the Hall, a member of Saturday Night Live, and a member of SCTV on the, sh- on the podcast. And this was a twofer. You wound up getting two for one. That's right. We mm-hmm. had Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall, mm-hmm. oh my God, two years ago, mm-hmm. which was, by the way, one of the best days of my life. Yeah, let's get Scott back. We got to. How are we going to do that? Um, it's, we, got Scott, we got Scott on the podcast through your contacts. Now. Mm-hmm. But then we got Robin Duke through my diligence on Twitter. social media. Yeah. Um, finding Robin had a Twitter account, tweeting her innocently enough, um, putting your name out there in, in hopes that the uh, mm-hmm. comedic connection you know, maybe you guys anything. I, I didn't really suspect it did, but no. uh, anyways, still didn't really. Yeah, she didn't know. Added a little. She bit was of, nice to me though. Yeah, I thought she. She. Yeah, I thought she was, and she was nice to to us. Very accommodating because we were excited to see her. Super. I mean, it's a fan. I think you can hear our fanboy. And voices. we didn't know what to expect. And as soon as we sat down, we realized, oh, we're very interested in everything <laughs> about Robin Duke. So. Oh, this is more than just a Q and A about you being a prof at Humber yeah, College. that's where we went, her job at Humber College to talk to her. She teaches there in the comedy program, which is very lucky for those students, and probably some of them it feels weirdly surreal. If Yeah, and that was something we've talked about, too, is her students at this point in time mm-hmm. are two, three generations removed from understanding what what a, a legend they have mm-hmm. as, a, as a teacher in Robin Duke. Um and uh, our excitement mm-hmm. and our f- fandom for her was very evident on the podcast, I think. I think it was. But this was one of my f- um, favorite episodes in a way, just because we went out of our way to do it. And then it seemed like she appreciated that, but understood it more like in the moment of it was just seemed like there was this very kind of we were all pleasantly processing what was happening as it was happening. So I think she was happy to be asked questions. And I think that this portion of my explanation will likely be deleted from the podcast as it's really kind of taking a long time. And one of the other things that <laughs> that uh, I, I, I really must say is Robin Duke isn't just, you know, oh, OK, she, she was on SNL, SCTV, Booker. No, she's genuinely one of my favorite SCTV players. And like, she's still working yeah. as well. She's, she's, doing, on, she's on uh, Man Seeking Woman on FXX. With like Jay Baruchel, Eric Andre. So she's still, you know, doing things that are relevant, which is actually true of, you can go down the list of really most of the SCTV performers and the besides deceased ones or retired ones, you know, they've all, they're all doing 
things. You know, Eugene Levy has Shit's Creek on, on with Chris Elliott, Catherine O'Hara Catherine is on that. O'Hara, yeah. Andrea Martin is doing stage work, like really high level stage comedy. It's all talked about on the podcast. Yeah. So, but, you know, the the thing about SCTV is there was no there was no one who called it in. There wasn't a every single cast member um, was very strong. Mm-hmm. And they were able to work with each other. There isn't any there, I, for me. There isn't a member of the cast where I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, they. Kind I of think it was by. just because it was so many Second City performers and so many people who had come up together. So there was just a very similar energy between all of them, and so it kind of like sewed the universe together of SCTV. And Kids in the Hall, Saturday Night Live, SCTV. These shows form formed. My sense of humor, mm-hmm. I gotta Probably say, yours, everyone's sense of humor. More SCTV and Kids in the Hall, really. I mean, yeah, if you're a Canadian, but if you live in the in the rest of the world, it's all those shows combined. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're Canadian, Kids in the Hall and, and SCTV. I mean, don't get me wrong. I watched when they were rerunning Saturday Night Live. I watched every single episode from every single season. So I mean, I'm. When I, did they rerun Saturday Night Live? They ran it when the Comedy Network came on air in Canada for the first time at five serious? to six, they would run the half hour edit, you know, edited out uh, best of Saturday Night Live, like Saturday Night Live episodes. So they'd take out, I think musical acts and they'd take out the sometimes weekend update, but it was all the other sketches. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. I had no idea. But anyways, this is Robin Duke. Uh, you're going to hear Nick and I, um, very, talk. very excited and yeah. on our best behavior as we talk to a legend. I wasn't late. You were not late for this. No. Mainly because I was driving you to the location. But I wasn't late to be met. You weren't? I don't think so. No, you were. I waited in my car, remember that? Yeah, but you were at the wrong location. Because you gave me the wrong location. No. You gave me the wrong street. No. You were three blocks away from where you told no. me to park. No. <laughs> okay, let's start. <laughs> no. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around Nick Flynn and Guinness Tango School will tell them for free I'm so glad I like to sometimes Jimmy in from fucked up Stop playing Hang down down The googly gaggly goblins will Make sure they get their podcast fill By listening to Danko Jones Then snacking on some broken bones And scaredy cats will run amok when rock and roll starts to talk, flapping gums and striking tongues, a chilly podcast has now begun. <laughs> Login protocol initiated. Sequencing algorithm interface. The official Danko Jones podcast uploaded. Listen with caution. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Danko Jones has a podcast. It's called the Danko Jones Podcast. La da 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 Well, we are at Humber College, a place that I never thought I would set foot in um, because uh, school and me just don't mix. The deep west end. 
of Toronto. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I'm I'm a East End kind of guy, so oh yeah, it's, it's yeah. not right. We, but you're here. We're here, and, and we're you're here. We're doing Humber. a podcast with you. I can't believe what we have. We got Robin Duke. I know, I, shocking, I, I, isn't honest, it? Honestly, <laughs> I am that happen? right now. I almost stalked you a few years back in Yorkville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was. Well, I, um, this is a terrible. Way Ma- to start. Martin Short's uh, sister-in-law had a um, an opening at the Drabinsky Gallery in Yorkville. Oh, Grace. Yeah, and um, I was there. You were there. Uh, yeah, there's why because I I, I, were, I knew were, people were, who, oh, okay. who were at the gallery. Okay, and uh, when I walked in, just mingling, saying hi, and you turned the corner and you walked out, and I go, oh my God, that's Robin Duke, oh, and I start putting makeup on. <laughs> I, I was, and then uh, I, I said, I, you know, I start running down everything that I know you've done, and and uh, I go, should I should I run after her and. And what am I going to say when I run run her down on in Yorkville? So I let it go. I'm glad because um, I'm always disappointing in those situations. I think, I think it's I hard not people. to be right. I yeah. mean, you go. It's, it's my friend just actually at that the Shit's Creek premiere that we were talking about before was also at that, and he met Chris Elliott. Very exciting oh, for him. I mean, it would be very best. exciting for anybody. But uh, and you know, so he's saying, oh, you know, I really I'm a big fan. Of course, Chris Elliott says, you know, thank you so much. And then he started my friend I guess tried to get obscure he was like I wanted to like let him know I was like a really big fan so <laughs> oh, I was like no. I was like action family you know that thing you did that was so cool like that that like this pilot in the 80s and and then Chris I was like oh thank you so much like he said the same thing yeah. <laughs> and my friend was like because that's all you can do is just sort of repeat that you were thankful and then I mean you know you can't be like Thank you so much. I've been looking for an archivist. I would love to, to yeah. hire you as my personal historian. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I was going to throw some SCTV kind of reference. <laughs> oh, okay. If I chased you down. So. <laughs> no, but we like that. We like that. No, I think uh, any actor loves to be complimented on their work. Mm. You know, I mean, it is a good uh, way in. You know, just saying you like their work, it's great. Or I like specifically something that you did in, in a show. Or The fact that it was uh, the, sh- the, the gallery show was connected with Martin Short. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see you there. So you guys are all, you guys are all still connected. Oh, yeah. All... It's like a big family. It really is like a big family. I mean, right now I'm working with Andrea Martin on the... Uh, Canadian Screen Awards we're writing. Mm-hmm. And, That's amazing um, that you guys are working together. So it's so it's much fun. It is. I mean, there's just this history and, you know, support of one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, the you know, Marty gave me away at my wedding. He's my son's godfather. I mean, it's just, we go back. And that history is great. We just... It's a good way to stay grounded, I think, for people. And j- just to like go to the, that is is when did the connection between SCTV like you joined in what season mm-hmm. on the Second City? I we were trying to eighty right eighty eighty one. You were only on SCTV so. for one or two I did seasons. Thirteen episodes. So that's one season. Yeah, wow. one season. That's yeah. amazing because yeah. the impression yeah, I have a, of you is it's just a, it's a large presence in those thirteen. Wow, episodes. really? Yeah. Yeah. I really, yeah, no, seriously. Um, you and Tony Rosado were the Tony, ones brought yeah. in, right? Yep. Um, and yeah, I didn't know it was only thirteen episodes. But that's a 
weird thing about SCTV is it's it's like how Harold Ramis was there for a certain amount of episodes. That's and, true too. And yeah. Yet you remember those, you yeah. know, and then partly because it had a different voice because it was so early at that time. Oh, it was. But but uh, also just because it's like. I mean, obviously, Harold Ramis was also, for me being seven years old, and I'm watching the guy from Ghostbusters, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was it with me in SCTV, is I literally watched it like a television station, because mm-hmm. I was still kind of a kid, so yeah. I couldn't really make the distinction oh, between any of good. that stuff, you know? So, But what what yeah. strikes me is that you were on SNL for four years. Three. Three years. Mm-hmm. So y- your stay at SNL was longer than SCTV. But when yeah. I think of Robin Duke, the name Robin Duke... I associate it with SNL first, uh, with SCTV yeah, first, yeah. which is, it's kind of blowing my mind that you, you, you're saying you're only on for 13 episodes. I really associate you more with SCTV. Maybe it's because I'm Canadian. I think, maybe that's it. I think I do get recognized more when I'm in New York uh-huh. than I do when I'm in, in Canada. You probably get approached Or there's more, more of an appreciation yeah. of yeah. my work in the States for what I've done, you know, being on Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. Than there is in Canada. It just, for some reason, it just doesn't have an impact here. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I've always, for me, I've always equated that with the fact that Saturday Night Live was, uh, again, just going SCTV, I was watching from 1986 on, you know? Saturday Night Live, I wasn't even able to stay up that late until I was. We're talking about 1994, right? So that's, oh, that's yeah. after. Oh, wow. And then yeah. it's like, com- the Comedy Network was rerunning, and I was watching every season of Saturday Night Live as it was being reran, but that was, I was already a teenager, so I was kind mm-hmm. of like in my, like, I was like, I know what I like on Saturday Night Live. I like this. And I was yeah. way more of, I, and it wasn't that I didn't like you guys, but I did know that that was like the Dick Ebersol years it or whatever. It was the Dick Ebersol so years. I was, I was, it was a I was different. Being like, well, yeah, it was a different tone. There was, was a different confused. take on it. I mean, Lauren is obviously, he's sort of, you know, on the pulse of what's going on in the world and culturally. You know, he just knows what's hip. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick was a numbers guy. Yeah. So he had that sensibility that mm-hmm. he was doing things that were more about the numbers than they were about being original or creative. Or do you find now that SNL has what uh, been around for what four decades now, and there's the 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 the, uh, the the cast that that has gone on to become A-listers and stuff? Do you find that are you treated differently because of the Dick Ebersol years with oh, Lauren yeah. or any or, yeah. or other cast members or whatever? Yeah, we were. There was a there is. There is a difference. I don't think that is the case anymore. And it was really nice to be um, uh, included in this man-seeking woman because it is a Lorne Michaels. It is a Broadway video production. Oh, that's so, amazing. Cool. That's so amazing. it was like, whoa, that's so this funny, is great. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Years really this is just about to start airing. If not, <laughs> it aired last, last night. night. Yes. So Do we're you have you. a Lorne Michaels impression? I feel no, like. <laughs> I've never worked with Lorne. I mean, right. I yeah. this is I worked with Dick. I've yeah. met Lorne a couple of times, but I w- I, I'm not big on, I'm not good at impressions. So. Me neither. I do them, though. I try them. I try They're them. awesome. I'm always encouraging them. He's always encouraging them, sarcastically, <laughs> the Dick, to be done by the me. The Dick Ebersol years, um, you know, now we could look at it and go, wow, that was a pretty heavy cast. Oh, yeah. Um, Eddie Murphy, Joe Piscopo, Ju- yeah. was Julie uh, Louise Julie Dreyfus. Julie Louis Dreyfus Tim Kazarinsky, yeah, Gilbert, Gilbert yeah. Gottfried, uh, 
Mary Gross, right? I mean, yeah. it was a big... No, not Gilbert Godfrey. Wasn't he in that one no. season with Julie Louis-Dreyfus? Or was no. that the Lauren Michaels season? That might have been Lauren Michaels, He was no. barely in there. Yeah. But it is... No, Julia came on in the, the second year I was there with her husband, Brad Hall. Right, and right. Yeah, Brad Hall. Gary, Gary Kroger. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they were there. Was That's... Terry Sweeney in those years, too? No, Terry I, was all... before. He was with the the Gene Domini. Okay, year. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, that's such an interesting. I remember I read that book, the the Live from New York book. Yeah. That segment of it in particular is like this funny, just the. It's just different. It's like you said that you can tell it was a numbers game. Even you were talking about Andy Kaufman earlier. Mm-hmm. I, I distinctly remember, you know, again being a teenager and being like, "Well, this guy is cool." And then, yeah. And and it, but it was that point where they voted him off of the show. Or oh, did no? they? Oh, yeah. 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 There was that whole Larry thing Larry the Lobster and something. And all and those things, yeah. But your and your they, entrance onto mm-hmm. SNL was was interesting, th- too, because it was through, it had a Canadian connection, right, with, with uh, Catherine, Catherine O'Hara? Well, Catherine and I go back to high school. We were best friends in high school. And uh, so I've just sort of followed Catherine. What high school <laughs> you know, was it? Burnham Thorpe Collegiate. Okay. Wow. So we we just made fast friends in grade nine. And, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so Catherine, uh, you know, that's where I started at Second City was going down. Catherine's brother, Marcus, yes. was dating Gilda Radner. And um, Gilda would get uh, Catherine and I tickets to see Godspell. Right. And we'd go while we were in high school to see Godspell all the time. I heard Martin then, Short on, on uh, Howard's turn. He said he went out with uh, Gilda Radner, Yeah, too. he did. Yeah. So, but at... Was he dating Gilda then? He may have been dating Gilda then. I don't know. I just remember being starstruck, you know, in high school with Martin Short. Uh, <laughs> and then, so anyway, and Catherine, yeah. 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 Wow. And then, because uh, Gilda one time included us all in a, uh, like a dinner and we went out with them. So that was pretty cool. She was great. Um, but Catherine, after high school, she kept saying she wanted to be an actress, and I would say, yeah, I want to be an actress too. And she went and did it. She went down to Second City, auditioned. She didn't get in the first time, but then she started working at the door and working in the coat check, and then joined the touring company, went to workshops, and then she got onto the stage all, like, very quickly, this all happened. So I would, was going down to Second City and watching and thinking, oh my God, this is what I want to do. I was going to university at the time. I went that route. Instead of being an actress, went to university. But I was just so smitten with Second City when I went down to the theater because I was watching people like John Candy, Eugene Levy, yeah. sitting in the audience and just, this is the best thing ever. There wasn't any comedy out there at that point. There wasn't, you didn't have Yuck Yucks. You may have had Yuck Yucks. I think Yuck Yucks was just starting at the same time, so. But it sounded like Yuck Yucks was like seven guys in a small room just yeah, like yeah. each other. Yeah, Like the early exactly. one is really like a self-powered yep. kind of thing. How, how is it, how, how, okay, so so what what is the, uh, the, the, the storyline from you being in the crowd at Second City to becoming part of the cast? Well, I started taking workshops I um, with Sheldon Patinkin, 
Joe Flaherty taught them. Uh, Del Close, the that improv guru, you mm-hmm. know about Del. Yeah. You must, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So Del and uh, Del was casting a touring company for Second City, while I was taking his workshops on a Saturday, and he cast the first seven people who walked through the door. <laughs> of the workshop right. as the touring company. So that's how I got my, <laughs> it was about wow. timing. It was about showing up and being on time. Right. That's right. how I got my first job at Second City. Wow. Is it like the success is, half of it is showing up or whatever amount of it is just showing up? Yeah. 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 I almost didn't come to that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, So I always tell my students, you know, it's always about timing, being yeah. in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And did was Catherine instrumental in getting you on the actual television show for that season? Well, Catherine, it was just there weren't a lot of women available mm-hmm. uh, in comedy at that time. So I think it was just a natural progression for me to go from having worked at the theater for so long and then stepping into Catherine's, you know, after she left SCTV. And then she left to go to SNL, and then you, then you left SCTV to replace her on SNL. Am I right, or do I have that yeah, wrong? Yeah, uh, I didn't really... She came back to do SCTV and called me from SNL to say it wasn't working out for her at SNL. So it was sort of everything was up in the air. I don't know if I was going to go back to SCTV or not. I'm... Uh, but when Catherine went to Saturday Night Live, she got there and she knew she didn't want to be there. She knew it wasn't right for her. Mm-hmm. Actually, at that time, she wanted to get into film. So she felt that Saturday Night Live wasn't going to help her do that. So right. she called me up and said, they're going to be looking for women. Fly down right away. So I came down right away, and uh, she introduced me to right. Dick and all that. And then we were, uh, I, I met with Dick, and then she said, well, let's go. And I said, I, she said, Has, have they told you yet if you're going to do it? And I said, no, they haven't told me yet. So Catherine said, well, just go in there and tell him that you have to go and you need an answer. Oh my God! I know. Okay, Catherine. So I did, and I said, "You know, I have to leave." So, uh, do you know whether or not? Could you just tell me whether? I can't believe the nerve, and he hired me. Right. Wow. Right. Because we're Canadian. Exactly. (laughs) So Catherine just pushing me. So yes, she was very instrumental in in being a friend. Yeah. You know, and, and just encouraging. and encouraging yeah. and supportive and believing in me, and uh, she's great. You know, she's very uh, generous, Catherine. Uh, I was going to ask also about that the period on Saturday Night Live, like uh, being in popular sketches and stuff. You said they recognize you now in New York, but at that time when it was happening, how often were you recognized? You know, how much were you getting kind of talked to on the street and stuff? I just wonder about that. <laughs> Well, not a lot because I would just be at the at NBC the whole time. You had no I'd time be at, no, yeah. I had no time and then when we were off I'd be driving back with my husband back to Toronto and then we would drive back. So I would spend all my time driving back and forth and working there. 
glamorous. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> really, really glamorous. That's always what Saturday Night Live does sound like. I, I guess I should have remembered that it is like, what, like a, I guess seven days a week, almost twenty four hours. It a day. is. It's intense, but you only go at the most for three weeks at a time, mm-hmm. and were then you, you have time off. Were you writing as well? Were you yeah. writing ske- sketches on on SNL? I was because and which ones saw like I know I, I know the whole process from what I've read in that book, Live from New York. But it's a lot of sketches, and only a few get chosen, and then. Well, in the very first year, I wasn't hired as a writer. However, I was getting as much on air as most of the writers. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the first year, I submitted all the sketches that I had that had gotten on air to the producer, to Dick Ebersole, as my portfolio to be hired as a writer. And he couldn't very well say no because he had <laughs> gotten a, a lot of right. sketches on the air. So that's how that worked. It was just, you know, sketches were chosen at the table read. And whatever got the most laughs mm-hmm. made it to air. Right. And what's, I mean, I'm just leading this question, but what was one of the more popular sketches that you wrote? Well, certainly the whiners were one of the right. first yeah. um, recognizable characters from that time and also my very first impersonation of Mr. T. <laughs> Nobody had ever done an impersonation of Mr. <laughs> T before. And uh, I had uh, just seen uh, Rocky Three with my girlfriend and we came out of the theater just going crazy. Um, you know, I pity the fool, I pity the fool, shut up, old man. Just <laughs> the two of us impersonating him. And I'd taken off work to go see him. I'd, you know, taken some time away from uh, the 17th floor. And when I got back, I, I went to Dick Ebersole, and I said, you have to get Mr. T. He's just the most incredible character I've ever seen. You've mm-hmm. got to get him on the guest show. Host, to guest host. To guest host. He's and a, a god walking the earth, essentially. <laughs> But oh, at that then, time, yeah, no, nobody oh. knew who he was. Well, nobody, yeah. he has no TV cue, Robin. We don't, nobody knows who he is. He was, was he even, had he, he done the Clubber Lang stuff? He was Clubber Lang on He was Rocky Clubber Street, Lang, yeah. but when I went to Dick, he didn't know who he was. Mm. He had no recognition wow. at that point. So he, he vetoed that. Yeah. But about a month or so later, he came to me. And I guess they were auditioning him for the TV show that he did, A Team. Mm-hmm. Right. They were, yeah, it, was, yeah, right. it may have been a screen test, but Dick came to me and he said, Your buddy's coming on the show. <laughs> what? He said, We're going to have Mr. T on, not as a guest host, but as a guest. So he wasn't the host of the show, but he was coming on as a guest. Right. So he said, write something up for him. So I wrote up Mr. and Mrs. T's Bloody Mary mix, where I was doing Mrs. T as Mr. T with his, mm-hmm. you know, shut up old man. You come to my apartment, I'll show you a real Bloody Mary mix. Uh, <laughs> all this. And uh, so it passed read through, but Mr. T wasn't at read through. Eddie read it, I guess, or somebody right. read it at Read Through. And um, when he came on the Thursday to the camera blocking, uh, the two producers, Dick and, oh, who was the other one? Bob. Bob Tischler. 
uh, came up to me and they said, Robin, he's here, he's here. You have to read him the script. You have to read, uh, tell him what the script is or read him the script. Oh and it God, was not intimidating. The, oh, so <laughs> intimidating that they, it wasn't the protocol for me to read the script to right. him. They should have shown him the script. <laughs> right. He However, <laughs> I was on the floor of, of Studio 8H and they, Dick and Bob, literally hid behind a flat, introduced me to him, said, here's the script, why don't you read it? And they scurried off behind a flat because they didn't know what his reaction would be to somebody doing an impersonation of it. So they thought maybe there would be like a body slam involved. Yeah, maybe he would get <laughs> upset. They didn't know. So I there had to... be a body to pity. Because <laughs> oh nobody had ever done him before. So I... Uh, I said, Mr. T, I'll be playing you, you'll be playing you. And so I read him the script, and at the end, he I just heard this. There was a pause. I heard, you're a funny lady. And that was it. And then it was, they came back out from behind the flat, and everything was fine, and they Took all, yes, in. yes. You know. <sighs> so so you, you did the impression of Mr. T, just you and him in a room together. That's it. And those guys were like kind of... We were actually on the floor of Studio 8H. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. So we were sort of, you know, on a set of something with a flat. So that's how... I read it to him, and uh, and it it went okay. Oh, but what I had done was I had repeated, I pity the fool, I pity the fool, shut mm-hmm. up, old man, I pity the fool, throughout the piece. Mm-hmm. So I'd taken that from, he'd only said it once in the movie, but I'd taken it yeah. from but the movie. But everyone says, I pity the fool, when they do their Mr. T impression. Exactly. And that's because... That's what you you personally. <laughs> I take full credit for that. <laughs> right. I yeah. absolutely do. That's amazing. But That's because amazing. I'm because I'm Canadian, I don't toot my own horn. <laughs> but now I am. Uh, toot- how many people have done? Everyone's done. Everybody's Mr. T done. Mr. Mr. Yeah. T is still around. That's the best part. I just watched Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and, and I watched the end credits, and I was like, Mr. T, that was Mr. I knew I recognized the voice, yeah. and I was like, so, no. so did he yeah. start to do I Pity the Fool himself more and more in public appearances after that? He may have. I mean, I know that the writers after that. Eddie started yeah. to play Mr. T, so they started using "I Pity the Fool," right? And that's because kind of it an was such thing. a catchphrase. It was such a recognizable catchphrase. So basically, you know, "I Pity the Fool." You walked out of Rocky Three. The, the one thing that stuck in your head was that one line, and you took it to national TV, and it just became part of the pop culture. Thank lexicon. you, Danko. <laughs> that's it exactly. Wow, that is pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah, it is. And do you think I get a single cent out of that? Uh, I remember being up and up. We're giving you 50 bucks. Okay, dude. I appreciate it. <laughs> we brought it. We brought it. I remember being up like north somewhere in this little cottage town, and I saw this little kid with a T-shirt, I pity the fool on it, and I, I went up to him and I went, you know, that's me. Like, I did that. Like, that's... And he just kind of, who are you? What are you talking about? Was he with his parents or something? It might have been. I don't know. It was just like trying to grab credit for it. Yeah, yeah. 
was so sad <laughs> and pathetic. Yes, with the like new generation. Yeah, connect. Right in there. Yeah. No, I've done that many times. But it's times. something I'm really proud of. And Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, I love to that. tell that to my students when I talk about you know finding a catchphrase. And I also have to credit my friend Liz Welch, uh, who also you know was she came out of the she theater as the, well. She yeah, was she was the one my you friend. Saw yeah. The movie with right. Yeah. Came to do Saturday Night Live, you know Don Rickles. Yes, absolutely. Hello, Dummy. I might say that to my students, and they would go, "You might not know." You know, like I know. Hello. Okay, hello, Dummy. I'm just having a good time here. I love when he ends his whole thing goes. We're just uh, we're just having fun here, and we know that everyone is truly equal and insult everybody, and then yeah. But he came. He came to Saturday Night Live, and we had the meeting with the hosts. In the room, he was doing jokes, I guess, but they were like, you with the hair and the glasses and the shirt, and everybody would laugh. And I'd think, but he didn't say anything funny. But we were laughing at the rhythm. It was an automatic response to hearing that cadence, Mm. that rhythm. So Right, right. I I see what you mean. Well, that's where you get to quite a few realizations in comedy, I think, where it's kind of like, oh, they just need to like me. I could literally be talking about (laughs) the most normal stuff, telling a knock-knock joke, but if they like me, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm. I can't. Get away with a lot. You mentioned mentioned Don Rickles, and that just made me think of SNL again. Were there any other hosts that... or even working or moments on SNL that you you remember and you go that's a once in a lifetime experience you know sitting in a room watching Don Rickles like cut everyone up that's a that's a pretty incredible oh, yeah. experience. Well, I, I remember Jerry Lewis uh, being very nasty about Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah, he was making you know not very nice comments and he had done. The movie King of Comedy, King of Comedy, which she's in, and she's like, she, she and him are Wait amazing. So they started that together yeah. already. So what she, was this a professional thing or a personal thing at this personal? Point? He just didn't oh. like her. Well, okay. I was reading a story which is about just horrible. I mean, he's a person. and so I'm telling. <laughs> no, tell it, please, everybody. Someone else had a story about Jerry Lewis. Who is it that had a feud with them? If it was Roseanne or. I remember oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. no, Jerry. Get, Lewis. But he said, like, he was one of the guys that said women weren't funny. Yeah. Well, I think Marty was interviewing him. Like oh. as as, yeah, as Glick or as really no, on as, his as show on yeah. a on a panel. Yeah. And he said, you know, that's where he said that he didn't think women were funny. It was Joan Rivers, I remember, who had a feud with uh, uh, Jerry Lewis as well because she'd spoken <sighs> out against him because. I guess at one of his muscular dystrophy uh, fundraisers, he was like standing next to a kid, and he's like, "This kid is gonna die." Oh! <laughs> she was like, oh, she, no. "She was like, you can't say that when to a kid who's oh, like no. right there." Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he, was just, he was just calling those in, I mean, really, at that point, yeah. right? those telethons. I would, I would open up the question about, like, memorable moments to really not just Saturday Night Live. I would say maybe just in general with you. You know, it seems oh, like yeah. you might have been present for a few really interesting 
things or combinations of people. But is this too general a question? But it was is Gilda it a question? Radner, did I put a question mark? In did it? Gilda Radner? I mean, uh, you guys are all Canadians: Martin Short, Catherine O'Hara, Robin Duke. How did Gilda Radner start mingling with all these Canadians back in the day? She had come up from Detroit. I think she went to camp up here. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah. And she may, I'm not sure if she went with Lauren Michaels. I, no, I don't know if she went with Lauren Michaels or not. But she came up here. Yeah. So and she may have come up here to audition for, well, she was auditioning for Godspell. Why was she here? I can't remember. I know there must be a, was there an exchange thing at any point with the Chicago and Toronto kind of Second City thing? Like, was that... So I feel like that. Yeah, there was, kind of but she was always. She auditioned wait. here for yeah. for God. for uh, yeah. Second City. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. And the Groundlings that was in Chicago as well, right? No, L. A. L. A. There's yeah. There wasn't a Chicago Groundlings. Oh. No. So the, okay. Because there was a, uh, you, because it's just making me, it's reminding me of um, when you were on SNL, you worked with Brian Doyle Murray, right? That's right. Brian was there the very first year that I was there. And was it, do I have it wrong? Was Bill and Brian, were they on the cast at the same time or did they just no. cast? Oh, and that's a good Jim question. Jim Belushi was also, you worked with. with Jim Belushi with, was also there. So it was Jim and Brian. Yeah, no, no. They no. actually were never allowed to be in the scene. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, no, Jim came on the third year that I was there. I see. I feel that you have a story about Jim that. Oh just no! By your... Oh no! No, I would never work in the business again if I had a story about Jim Belushi. Oh yeah, he's the. Okay. Uh, I got gotcha. you. He's the gatekeeper. He's the gatekeeper. <laughs> I remember. I, because I love, I, feel, I don't. By the way, I'm really interested in like the, just the the path that we're going on. So first of all, no, I. You know what? The best person. I love Daddy Murphy. I love Daddy. He was a great, great, funny, deeply funny, and he is. Um, and I, I hope to God he's there. There's a big Saturday Night Live reunion anniversary, 40th anniversary in February, and I hope to God Eddie's there because he's just. I would love to see him again. Because uh, he doesn't take part in these things. Well, he, I don't think he came to the last one. And no. he did, he's not part of Because he was bar. mad at somebody. For, for a sketch they did of him, right? Yeah, but hopefully he's gone beyond that. I hope he goes. He's fun. Uh, he was just deeply, deeply funny. In a room, he would have you doubled over laughing. You know, that's, he was just a genuinely funny person. And he was a and kid. And, right? He was a kid. Yeah. And he was in my office one day. The very first month or so, and I remember him saying he wanted to be as big as Elvis. Right. And I looked and I thought, oh my God, what, what confidence? And yeah, I'd never heard anybody say anything like that, right? And coming from Canada, you're not going to hear anybody say I'm going to be <laughs> as big as Elvis. Stoiko is even discouraged to say yeah. Elvis, Elvis Stoiko, Elvis Mitchell, like just these smaller Elvises. Yeah. Even... I'll just take his name, but um, but that was Eddie's dream, and he made it come true. He just 
you know, yeah, it was pretty to darn accurately big. say something like that in a non and not be delu- deluded. And again, this is just that Canadian take where it's like I'd be like, yeah. "Oh, you must be what? crazy! How dare you say that? Yeah. I mean, you said How something. How dare you think that highly of yourself? <laughs> when you were talking about Shit's <laughs> Creek and and just how how it seems to be getting a good response right now, the the, the new show with like uh, you know Catherine O'Hara and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, you're saying like it raised seems to be raising the bar for humor here, and it's like I I feel like that's where I want. That's what I want to have happen. Mm-hmm. I want. I, I think Canadian comedy is all about like, okay, there's the bar. Let's yeah. just hit the bar. Well, <laughs> you need somebody go, like you know? Eugene Levy with his point of view, with his experience. Wait, wait, like when you worked with him, what did you? What, what does he bring? You know, in terms. Well, of Eugene, skill? I worked with Eugene on um, a, a stage show we did Saturday Night Beaver years ago with Marty and. Peter Torkface, Stephen Campman, myself, and Marty's wife for a while, Mary Charlotte Wilcox. Mm-hmm. And Eugene directed that show, and he taught me about writing, editing, writing. It was about changing words in a line of dialogue to make it work, uh-huh. taking a phrase out to make it work. It was all just down to the word, mm-hmm. the yeah. writing. Uh, 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 he's just brilliant. He's so it brilliant. Was instrumental for you in terms yeah. of like, right. I always think that's the best to feel, uh, just to have someone mentoring you for lack of a better word, you know, or just show you some kind of a rope and you go, oh, and then they kind of go, no, that's not right. And you have to go, oh, <laughs> more than, yeah. you know, that's because but that's, that's what But that's what it takes. all those guys yeah. are like. I mean, working with Andrea, it is just getting it right. Mm-hmm. Thinking, rethinking, thinking. I mean, they just don't do. They make it right. But they that was SCTV to me, you know. Yeah. And that was, and some of the people I've seen uh, who who have that uh, influence from that show. Like I, I, I was a person who does a show called. Uh, he does a really. His name's John Worser. He does this very funny sort of call-in show uh, called The Best Show. And uh, he posted something from SCTV the other day, and it was like a Will- the William B. Williams show. And it was when Martin Short, as um, Ir- Irving Cohen goes, you know, I needed, I, 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 you think that's bad, I had to get an, a, a urine softener or <laughs> something. Like he said he needed a urine softener. <laughs> and it was, it's like, you do really, it's very well chosen. Yeah, you know? no, it's specific. Like, specific. Yeah, yeah. I try yeah. to get it across to my students about being specific. Yeah. You know, just the reference, the detail. Second City was, you want to be... You want to make your audience feel smart. You want to uh, play to their highest intelligence, uh-huh. or uh, so that's that's where we all came from. That's where all those people came from. Was that uh, place of reference, so that you felt your audience felt mm. smart. Don't dumb down, dumb up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's always for Second City. It was always it was easy to get that laugh off of. You know, genital humor or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Farting. Yeah, it was yeah. always easy, and yeah. you would be looked down on if you got a laugh that way. Right. People would just mm-hmm. like roll their eyes. You right. wouldn't, you wouldn't go there. Mm-hmm. You were always trying to find the better laugh, find the smarter laugh. I, I wanted to ask something else too about uh, what you said earlier, preferring writing over 
perf- performing. Mm-hmm. And and you meant specifically on camera, right? When you were saying that 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 like. I love writing. I love performing on stage. I'm yeah. not comfortable performing for the camera. Really? Oh, I'm just too big. I just go too big. <laughs> I make so faces. Funny. Yeah. But that, I, 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 I make love big that. faces. I mean, that's what I feel like. That is what people, in a sense, like associate with you. These big kind of no. characters. You well, know, they, that, you yeah. know, less is more. Less is more for film. And, and, but now you're uh, on a show. Now you're on a show. Now I'm on a show, and uh, yeah, less is more still. <laughs> uh, the director, um, Jonathan Crystal, who does Portlandia. Oh, that was the director? That's yeah, so, wow. of one of them, and I yeah. just adored him. He was so lovely with just this very quirky sense of uh, sensibility and humor and quiet. And, uh-huh. I just adored him, and he, you know, he was just trying to get me to be, you know, to bring it down, bring mm-hmm. it down, more conversational, more, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it was great. I just, I did it for him, you know, I just did it. But I, at one point, I just said to him, do you know who you're speaking to? Do you know who you're talking I'm just, that's what I do. I make big, stupid faces. <laughs> Don't elongate words. Yes, <laughs> it works when you're doing this. This uh, women fully clothed. Women fully yeah. clothed, right? Yeah. How long has that been going on for? Oh my God, we started in 2003. Mm-hmm. Almost coincides exactly with your teaching. It does. Yeah. It did mm-hmm. because they both started at the same time. I had raised my son. I was ready to go back and do something, but I. I wanted to work with like-minded people. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to have laughs. I didn't want to go out and just do bad mm-hmm. stuff that was out there. Reading scripts that were just not good. People thinking that it, they were funny. Mm-hmm. People who didn't have any sensibility or understanding of what what was funny mm-hmm. and uh, it was that was really hard to of course I wouldn't get work auditioning for these things because yeah. I didn't have any faith in them so it was a case of um, pulling together some people that I hadn't worked with before but who I I thought were really good and who had made me laugh like Jane Eastwood, Kathy Greenwood, Teresa Pavlenuk and I also knew that they were good writers not Jane Jane is a muse, mm-hmm. but Kathy and Teresa were good writers, and I wanted to play up. So we started this little company. It has a, you know, a more detailed kind of history, but that's what it, um, that's who it is now. And Kathy and I are working together, writing for Andrea right now. We're having a ball, and Teresa is in Los Angeles writing for Schitt's Creek. So (laughs) we haven't had an opportunity to. Right. But we do want to do a television show. That's our, we have an option to write a new stage show or write a show for TV, and I think our focus now will be TV. But, yeah, no, uh, Robin, thank you for, for, for letting us come down here. Yeah, oh, no problem. It was fun. I like to, obviously, I talk a lot. This is all through the magic of Twitter. Yeah. I tweeted you, and then I was texting with Nick, going, okay, I tweeted her. Okay, let's wait. 
Ah, but I don't check my yeah. Twitter <laughs> too and often. You uploaded a, a picture of you and Mark McKinney, and I go, she she must be on Twitter right now. She just oh, okay, uploaded yeah. a picture, right? And then that's when I oh, I, oh. I got you the second time. Oh, I, that's how it works. I, I like, should get you guys working for me doing sure. Twitter. Yeah. Getting it out there at the or right Or should time. we write, you jo- write jokes for you and just yeah. pretend yeah. you're yeah. ghostwriters? Yeah. Let <laughs> me think. I tried. I, like, I tried to get it out about man-seeking woman, but... But when is man-seeking woman on? Exactly. Let's, 10.30. On FXX. FXX. Right after It's Always Sunny. In California. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. <laughs> it is always sunny in California. It is always sunny All right, in I've gone too long. California My brain's not. going now. Well, that's cool. We just have this phone book we'd like you to read now. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs>